0: You're listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Severance Barano. Sevi is earning his degree in music performance at FSU. He's incredibly proficient on the drums, and he surrounds himself with music every single day. Our conversation with him touched on music theory, in which we only skim the surface on composing drum parts, why jazz is the most American genre of music, and how music is really another language. We've all heard that before, but it's true for Sevi. However, he sees music and art in general as being respected on another level. To him, music is a way to elevate people physically and emotionally in a way normal conversation can. Sevy takes the spirit of performance and tries to transfer its energy into everything he does to elevate the lives of those around him. He reminds us of an important idea that relates to every pursuit in life. Everyone is going to have a bad show, but you have to find a direction and keep moving. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.
1: Hello, my friend.
2: Hello, Mr. Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for
1: coming today. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I want to start off with your name and your preferred pronouns, and then we'll get started. Okay, my preferred pronouns are he, him, and would you like my full name or just like Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: So my full name is a mouthful, Severance Ingram Barano. Ooh, and you go by I go by Sevi, which is a nickname for my you know, my my first name, Severance. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: what are you mainly into and what do you do? What do I
2: do? Well, I'd like to say I'm a musician. The reason I'd say I'd like to is because, you know, I feel like you're not really a musician until you make it, but everybody's trying. Yeah. I'm currently in three bands around Tallahassee, Um, I'm a music major at FSU, and of course my preferred instrument is drum set, but I play a little bit of everything.
1: Oh, okay. So you, I would, I mean based off that I'd consider you a musician, (laughs) I feel like you're doing it a lot, man. And you're in a band with Ted, right? Of course. The band is Narcan. (laughs) Okay. We had Connor Shan on before our bassist. Oh, okay, so that's, you guys are all part of the same thing. Yes. Oh, that's cool. How long have you guys known each other? You and Ted?
0: I feel
2: like we've known each other for... Before Narcan, at
1: least. Before that. But I don't
0: remember how we met. I can't remember
2: how we met some some like improv like I would show up to like theater parties at, you know maybe you house. did maybe
0: I did meet you through improv initially because I know you did it for a second
2: I, improv is kind of like how I met everybody and then like once I'd like joined Narcan I really didn't have the interest in keeping up with improv but I wanted to keep the friend group but uh, then of course you know when I was friends with you and like Connor
1: DeVore that wasn't it was very easy to keep up with the friend group yeah and not be do improv yeah and, so you're majoring in music right now? Yes. And you are a junior? Junior, yes. Okay, so how'd you get into it? Believe it or not, I hate to say it, but
2: rock band and guitar hero. From what I was a kid.
1: <laughs> no way! Really? I, I,
2: I, I swear, to it, I swear. Okay. Um, like I remember when I was really little, my parents got me a Guitar Hero, and I I loved the game. Like there was like so much like different kinds of like music you could like it was mainly rock music, but of course like it was music from the seventies, the eighties, even like the late sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was very easy for me to pick up for some reason, but then Ubisoft was like fuck that. We need to, like, compete with Activision because, like, they're not going to, like, reap all the benefits and they created Rock Band mm-hmm. and their, like, main, like, edge in competition was, of course, you know, multiple instruments. They added, like, mics, yep. guitars mm. and drums.
1: Okay. Yeah, so man. once
2: I started playing, like, drums on Rock Band, it was it was almost, like, way too easy for me and I was immediately, like, mom and
1: dad, like, I gotta get a drum set. Dude, I have never been able to, I mean, I've always loved the drum. My brother-in-law, like, he's awesome at the drum playing for, probably when you started I mean it's been a while but I've never been able to sync up my hands and my feet keeping up with the um the kick yes you know what I'm, I'm the same the way hat mm-hmm. and also like hitting the snare and everything and hitting the cymbals
2: with my oh, hands yes. and it, it's it's all about coordination and like developing like those muscles to do exactly what you want to where you don't have to think about it that's all muscle memory that's what it boils down to so you'd say you're not thinking about it when you're playing no if you're thinking about it you're gonna make a mistake think so you'd say like you rehearse a lot to uh, get ready for that I do and like of course now that like I've grown as a musician like there's certain things that I don't have to rehearse as much as others Mm -hmm. Um, like for example like I'm in a cover band now and most of the songs are like simple like four four just like rock beats I don't like most of the songs I haven't even like rehearsed I just listen to them over and over again and I can recreate them because like like my muscles already know what to do when I hear something so it's not like I really have to sit down and train myself now okay. there are a few tricky things that I've had heard that I'll actually have to you know sit down to a kit, and of course my stuff for jazz school I definitely have to sit down the kit for that. Mm. So you want to talk about where coordination gets the most complicated? It's definitely in jazz music because jazz music requires all four of your limbs to be separate most of the time, yeah. all playing different beats. What? Yes, all four of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, like there's like 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 what do you think a standard jazz beat is? Like could you sing it for me off the top of your head?
1: No, I couldn't. Could actually, you tell? You no.
0: I like, always think of melody when I hear
1: jazz. Melody? Yeah, I, I literally my mind is trained to go to four four no matter
2: what. Well, yeah, most jazz is in four four, but what's the most important component of jazz, Jim? Improv. Yes, but a rhythmic component. Swing. Uh, swing. Yes. Okay. So swing, The like literally, like the most important thing in jazz is the ride symbol. You know. Yeah. Because you. Let's say four four.
0: There's a thing that people do, maybe I'm wrong on this, but there's a classic thing that people do where they go like t's, 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 there it is. T's, That's
2: t's, what t's, I was trying t's, t's, to get you to do. Oh. Uh,
1: oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah
2: so think about it. That's in 4/4 four, four, like 1 2 and 3 4 and 1 2 But it's a little three, swingy. Four. Okay. Yeah. So you gotta swing it, and make it swing. Now the swing of course, like I can get so technical with this, but it's based off of like the triplet. So like a triplet goes, if yeah. I'm like one, two, three, four, one and a two and a three and a four and a one and two and three and four and one and two, that's, a, that's yeah. the swing. Okay. So a standard jazz beat will have the right hand playing the swing pattern like And then your left foot plays two and fours. So I'm going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Okay. It wasn't until I got to um, FSU that I'd learned this technique, but Leon Anderson always teaches the feathering technique. So you're always playing the bass drum on one, two, three, and four when you can. And it's a very light like ghost note. It just keeps the pulse. It's supposed to sit under like the bass, like guitar. Because, you know the bass guitar when they're playing a jazz line, it's like dum 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 So you want that bass to sit right under the sound, just like Okay. Now, it gets a little more complicated. Not to complicate this even further. No. So you mentioned melody earlier. So that comes into play with your right foot and your left hand. So you, so drummers are responsible for playing comping patterns to outline the melody, um, whether it's like in their left hand, like just on the snare, or it's on their bass drum, or it's a little bit of both. So if I'm playing. Of course that cat sound is like my snare, uh-huh. but like there's different patterns we play, um, whether we're playing like a rhythm that the melody may insinuate, or if there's a space in the melody, we can fill that space with like a cool like drum fill. So if like I have a melody, it's like Do 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 do. See, I just made like a little tom fill right <laughs> there to fill that space, just like something nice and simple like that.
1: Okay, <laughs> 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 so in the case of jazz, didn't we talk about jazz with Connor too? We, I felt like if, you're,
0: if, if you even, like, have played music a little bit... You have to learn jazz. You like jazz, and you've learned jazz at some point. Like, even like, I have learned jazz stuff at some point.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, jazz is just, like, the root of all American music, basically. It's the most American oh, really? genre of music ever. Yeah. Really? Well, because think about, like, classical music. Like, yes, like, we've played classical music all throughout, like, America. But it, like, developed, like, over in, like, Europe. You know, all those guys, like, Bach and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, transferred over to America. And of course, like in the early, like late 1800s, uh, like pieces were taken from like early like European classical music, and they were like um, added improv elements to it. Um, like marching bands would play these pieces with improv elements, and of course, like it would all form out in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But jazz is a combination of so many different cultures of music, like all infused to in one. And I could I could literally like talk about this. Like, African. So, yes, African because uh, like the rhythms French. of like African trance, like they come into play like yeah. with the rhythm of jazz. Um, I would or, say the drums are probably super influenced by oh, think African it. music. Because most like African beats, they're based off the triplet.
1: Also, Julia told me, I, I could be totally wrong, but she helped uh, music direct um, We Are Proud to Present, and she was telling me that African music... It, like we, we we go off of like 4/4 four, four, like it's like 8 beats in a measure or something like that and they go off of 7 beats in a measure or something like that it's it's different from what we use um
2: it it depends on like like if i were to get really like specific about it like yes like some african chants were in 7 okay so it's it, it, that's considered like an odd meter if you want to know the technical term okay um but most i feel like most african chants i've listened to like in classes at fsu have usually been in 4/4 four, four. but okay. the rhythm can be like like really deceiving as deceiving as like an odd meter like based off of seven would be mm. um like when i talk about like like rhythmically deceiving rhythms um for example like the triplet is already like kind of off putting like you know it's standard to hear like 14 yeah yeah like you just divide it like that but the triplet is based off of three so when i'm going one two three four i'm gonna fit 12 beats into that Okay. One and two and three and four and one and a two and a three and a four and a... So you can okay. hear what I'm speaking. I'm speaking, like, three notes per quarter note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's, like, already off-putting. And a lot of African music is just rooted in, like, those cool triplets. And they can go back and forth between, like, the triplet and, like, the 16th. They're just... They're so rhythmic. Like, even, like, the vocalists. So it's not just the drums. They're so rhythm. Um, vocalists, like, are also very rhythmic in what they say. Like, we're doing an African chant uh, song right now. And... Um, and men's glee, because I'm in like men's collegians this semester. Cool. Yeah, no, it's fun. But of course, like we sing in like a like 6-8 a tempo, so it's like one and a two and a three and a four and a one and a, two and okay. a, three and a four. And they'll throw cool rhythms in there um, that complicate the rhythm. So instead of just staying in the 6-8, they'll actually add straight eighth notes. So it's one and a two and a three and a four and a one and two and one. Oh. So the rhythms are, like, very <laughs> off-putting, but, like, I find that shit, like, so fascinating. You know okay, I mean?
1: interesting. And jazz, is like, it just toys with all these, like, rhythmic ideas from, like, African music. Okay, and that, that was the first time that I've ever heard a genre of music be labeled as, like, one of the most American, or the most American genre. That
2: was music. the first thing my professor said day one of jazz history. Really. And then like jazz history just focused on how like jazz music like came to be all kinds of music. So you start with like traditional jazz and you break off into every single subgenre. There's so many different types of jazz. Mm-hmm. Cuz pop music is really just like jazz cuz it's like a simple melody. Simple chord progression, but jazz can get very, very complicated within its harmony as it grew. Mm. So, of course, like Doja Cat isn't going to be whipping out like the most complicated chord in her song. She's just going to write like a
1: solid song with a good bass line. That's like everything like jazz has come to be. Mm. And this is just coming off the top of my head, but didn't Elvis steal stuff from jazz performers or something in his performance? Yeah. Well, because like, think about it. The blues is another
2: like subgenre of music that came to create jazz, because the blues has been like. like listen, or listen to and sung and practice all the way back since, you know, like the days of slavery. Like if you had the blues, you sung the blues to get rid of the blues. That was kind of mm-hmm. like the whole point. And I might've butchered that. So any of my jazz history notes listening out there, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but the blues like also like uses a lot of triplets. Um, and it was it was mainly like uh, like African American like music like you wouldn't see too many white people playing like the blues back mm-hmm. in the days. Mm-hmm. But Elvis would like uh, like he had a few songs that were very very bluesy, and he was kind of one of the first people to really like play like the blues. Mm. Um, but of course, like he kind of whitewashed it. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about that where
0: he he took his dance. I know what you're talking about. He took dance moves from. There were black performers that were. Doing blues concerts, doing the stuff that he was doing, hmm. and uh, Elvis yeah. just got Elvis just got so famous using those moves that they kind of got attributed to him, even though they had shown up. That's why it was like controversial before, super controversial. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so Sevi, obviously you're into music, and um, you, you got into it through rock band, of course, which no. is super actually a really fucking awesome. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Um, What about music? I'm sure there's a million bajillion things, but, you know, what is it about music that... Draws you to it because you know, when you were playing rock band, you weren't, I guess, taking formal lessons or anything, no. but you still enjoyed music, obviously. Uh, yeah, I was just
2: on that grind. I, I'd play that shit like all night long. So, I, did I just you? I mean, did you
0: play fun. that because, A, I mean, it was fun, but did you love listening? Did you have you just always loved
2: listening to music? Yes, uh, like so, like before, um, like I would always love, of course, like everybody says who's a musician, oh, I just listened to like the music in my parents' car. <laughs> no, I was also, like, privileged enough, like, to my mom to give me, like, her old iPods when I was growing up. And these are, like, back when, like, the iPods didn't even have, like, a backlight. So we're talking, like, a, some... Oh, yeah. Like, rank-ass 2001. Like, like, with scratches all over it. The washing <laughs> machine still works. And they were, like, thick, right? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, like, I could only listen to the music that was on that, like, like yeah. iPod. And majority of, like, my parents' music is just, you know, like, rooted in, like, classical rock. So mm-hmm.
0: what names... I mean, I'm sure people can think of bands, but, you know, what were your parents listening to?
2: Well, like, I, like, my I remember my mom actually made me a playlist on there of some of my favorite songs, and it was mainly, like, classic rock, and, uh, and like, you know, like, bonding with your parents growing up, you kind of, like, love what they love, and my dad was really into Kiss when I was, like, you know, or he's always been into Kiss, mm-hmm. so, like, Kiss was one of the first bands where I'm, like, holy shit, like, these guys are, like, the real deal, because, <laughs> like, think about it, when you're a kid, um, one of their songs, it's, like, the... <sighs> I'm trying to remember it's like the song like say it ain't so God, it's mm-hmm. got that iconic drum beat mm-hmm. like on the on the cd like my dad gave me uh, before they even play the song it's a live version and you have an announcer that announces like the band coming on stage and it was just it was so energetic mm-hmm. it was, and i can't remember it specifically but it was like now coming to you the hottest band in the world Yes, and they come in with that first hit like. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and
0: everyone's fucking. I know, like,
2: it, like, like, listening to that shit as a kid is just mind blowing. Like, holy yeah. shit! Like, yeah. it's almost like, like, I'm not gonna say these guys were like false idols when I was growing up, but I'm like, oh my god, these guys were like the shit, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, man,
0: I but I I, I I get that, and I'm sure there's people who don't even play music now oh, and they, they who, still who play also music. get that, but I think like you know if you play. I mean, you know that I've played guitar for a long time and I took lessons, so I can totally 100% relate to what you're saying. I'm sure you can too, Caleb. You probably have bands where
1: you were like, whoa, or whatever music you were were listening to. I mean, I was, (laughs) I had a bit of a different experience because I grew up mainly around worship music. So I had the Christian rock for sure, but other than like... Do you guys listen to Creed? I don't know. I don't know. I... I come just, on man Tallahassee listen, local Did you listen to Creed <laughs> okay
2: they're kind of shitty but like like <laughs> I, I, I love I love Creed honestly
1: <laughs> yeah so you got into it like listening to classic rock and everything with your parents that's where like you yeah, know just like in love. the car and like I like the iPod
2: and then of course you know Guitar Hero and Rock Band most of the songs in there are classic rock mm. so I was able to feel like like because you know it's a simulation of playing the music that's like the main thing right. in the game mm-hmm. so I, I was feeling like I was getting to play like some of like my favorite songs I love listening to when mm. you're a kid you just like a fucking sponge dude like you'll take anything (laughs) you can get thrown at you man
1: yeah yeah i mean i know that's why they they say something about like learning language as a child is much easier than when you grow up because your mind is so malleable so maybe that applies to other things as well when you're learning oh no it definitely applies to music music
0: is a language in a lot of ways
1: yes
2: but definitely, a lot of your musical abilities get developed in like early childhood, so that's why you see yeah. like all these like like music kid prodigies. It's like the son of some like famous producer, and he's just like a virtuoso. It's because your brain just develops so quickly. Mm. Um, like I don't know if you guys know what perfect pitch is, for example. Yeah, that can only like like naturally be developed like in like a certain like early childhood stage. And if you don't, like, train or do it, like, you're never going to have it. Can you explain for people listening if they might not know? Yes, of course. So uh, perfect pitch is being able to think of any pitch in your head or hear any pitch and be able to label that pitch. So, like, if you were to sing me a note right now. Mmm. If I had perfect pitch, I'd say, like, oh, yeah, bro, that's, like, A sharp or something. <laughs> but, but, but I don't have, bro. Yeah, no. I wasn't, like, sitting at the piano at, four year old, like, four years old with grandpa, like, giving me every step of direction. So I couldn't do that. Mm. Someone with perfect pitch could give you the exact, like, pitch. And I've seen some insane, like, videos of, uh, like, kids, like, like maybe, like, five or six. Like, um, someone would play an entire chord with over, like, ten voices, like in the chord, like a super just nasty like the dissonant chord Mm -hmm. and they would be able to name every single pitch in that chord and like the quality of the chord. Holy
1: moly. Yeah, it's just insane. So can you go over the scale? Because I know you said A sharp or whatever, so there are letters involved with music as well. Oh yes. (laughs) That was always the most confusing part to me when Mm -hmm. it came to music is like knowing the difference between what an E F G and A and C, Mm -hmm. you know, like what, so what are the, where does it start? Where does it end? So where it is it? So it yeah. Basically, like explain
0: music to someone that doesn't play music. Right now.
2: Okay, Because I don't. I really don't. <laughs> so what's interesting is you guys are asking me to explain about music theory. My preferred instrument of choice is drum set, which is which a non-harmonic which instrument. Which does not use. So I've, yeah, so I've always like struggled a little bit with music theory. I might um, be able to jump on this one because I play guitar. Yeah. Luckily, I have, like, I do play guitar and piano now, but, okay. like, really, like, learning how to play, like, piano at a young age, like, has also helped me, like, develop. Because, like, literally, like, looking at a piano, you can, like, explain everything about theory, like, on a piano. Yeah. Mm. Like, like like piano is just almost like a visual representation yeah, of theory. it is. That's why I think everybody should learn piano when they get into music, even if, like, you're a kid. Like, like, at least, like, if your kid isn't even thinking about music, like, but the motherfucker wants to play drums, have him take a piano lesson. Because I wish I had, like, practiced
1: piano more when I was a kid. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But it's like so it does it starts out with E. So well, it, to... it depends
2: on which like key you're in. The oh, okay. the
0: best way I can visualize it, I guess, is from a guitar point of view mm-hmm. because the guitar has six open strings generally. Some there's like seven-string guitars and eight-string guitars and stuff. Love but that shit. but <laughs> those even apply. But on a six-string guitar the top note the lowest note which is the top string is E and the bottom note which is the highest not the highest note on the guitar but the highest open string is also an E and in between that you have all of the you know Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do Mm -hmm. it's the same thing it's
2: just going from one Solfege it, is the correct name of do? I don't even. Yeah. yeah what is that? What is that? So yeah. so solfege um, is like you know the do re mi fa so, and it's also like um, like solfege is obviously our viewers who are just listening can't see oh, this the but symbols yeah symbols with your
1: hands yeah. that's right so each so each average. pitch okay. has a symbol yeah <laughs> I don't even do re yeah just but like, you know what's funny about solfege there.
2: like a little side note. Uh, like if like people who are trained on like self edge FSU like just says fuck it and we learn like scale (laughs) yeah we learn like uh, scale numbers so we go one two three four five six seven eight and that's like a major scale right there
1: but I feel like the other way is more interesting but that's
0: the number (laughs) so like if someone's like play a seventh that's what you're doing yes you're doing the number Mm -hmm.
2: well like at first I didn't like the numbers but the numbers make sense like when you get into dealing with like chords and all kinds of like stuff then
0: you can start being like Oh. oh, hey, can you play the seventh of the A chord? Oh. Yeah. And, and like, that's really hard to explain yes. if you don't play music.
1: Yeah, but well, I won't. I wasn't.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, for the, <laughs> for the sake of everybody listening, it's going to be so hard to explain, unless yeah. you want to go for it. <laughs> I mean, no, I
1: just I just appreciate you kind of breaking, like, just the fact that you brought up Solfege and everything. Mm-hmm. and. I I guess that's an easy way to think about it. Yeah.
2: Honestly, a good way to like compare solfege to the piano to bring us back to our main point
1: Mm -hmm. is
2: like, like, let's take like one octave on a piano. So you're going to start on C Mm -hmm. and all the white keys are going to be a major scale right there. So you're going to have C, D, E, F, G, A, B. And then, you know, it's right after C. I mean, right after B, it's gonna be C. So like that's one of the easiest scales on piano to play. So if you, and like, of course you have a C on top and a C on bottom, it's because scales repeat. It's the same note, just a higher or lower frequency. So if I take C, this is gonna be my Do. So like Do, and then this C is gonna be my top, like, yeah, my top Do. So it's gonna be the same pitch as higher. So if I'm here, Do, up an octave,
1: uh, yeah or whatever. Yeah. That is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just
2: had some harmony going on, man. Yeah. I didn't even beautiful. sing it right because like my pitch isn't the best. <laughs>
1: but yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only know as far as drums and everything go, and music and whatever. I mean, I. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I beatboxed in high school because Ted and I were in an acapella group together. Oh yeah, and that was oh, sure, also fun. I love beatboxing.
0: You know what was great about that is Caleb has always, and I'm not throwing you on the bus here. I'm just saying you've always had a hard time with. Reading music and like oh always and like understanding scales and stuff, and I think there were a lot of people in chorus like that probably, and I just think I had the benefit of learning how to read music at an early age, so not only did I know what notes were happening, but it was so easy for me. It's like a like you were talking about muscle memory. There were times when we were looking at the music, and I don't know how it would happen, but I could tell how far up the scale. I needed to, cause I don't have perfect pitch. I can't say to myself, I'm gonna sing an F note now. Mm-hmm. But if I know that I'm singing an A, and like mm-hmm. you visually see how far up the note is on the sheet music, yes. I can like figure out
2: where yeah. to go? Well, it was that's so. Kind of, weird. Yeah. Well, that's called a relative pitch. That's why usually in an acapella group, you always get a starting note, and your starting note is going to be the pitch you base it off of because they train you to do intervals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's say this is your starting note. You can do intervals from there. So like, so like five would be like a fifth, which is like mm-hmm. mi- is one of the like the main components of a chord. Mm-hmm. Or if we're talking solfeds, it's going to be do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, so they teach <laughs> us these little like cheeses, um, <laughs> like to help you memorize like intervals like. Uh, for example like a fourth um, and I learned this like from playing timpani back in like concert band in high school because like that's all like like e- like relative pitch because you're always changing pitches okay. um, but for example some of the cheese like intervals is like when you go from like one or do to a fa which I think is like sulfate I haven't used sulfate so long I kind of forget it but one to a four True, it's sulfate. gonna be here comes the brine. that's a that's a perfect fourth mm-hmm. and then uh, you'll like this one because I know you're like a Star Wars freak but I always... I, like, when I try to think of a fifth, I think of, like, Star Wars. Because... Da, da, that's a fifth. Da, 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 da And there's your, like... Da, and there's your octave da, right there. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. Okay, da, so
1: that's a fifth.
2: Yes. Da,
0: da, da. That's going up. I'm going mm-hmm. to We have a guitar in here, and I'm just going to physically show you a fifth. <laughs> and I then we're going to... I'm not going to play anything, but I don't know if this makes sense. But, like, if I'm starting on the... That's the C note if you look up here. Uh-huh I'm on a
2: C note Okay. See so how you know he plays them together and the two notes blend together. Mm-hmm. So those are that creates a consonant interval so they sound nice together. Mm. So that's like your basis of a chord. Okay. so when we're talking about chords, like uh, it's all like notes that will sound good together and right. like the context of playing them at the same time. Okay. Now, obviously, this can be, like, a very simple thing where you have just two notes in a chord. Or if you're in, like, Bill Peterson's class, like I am right now, you might have, like, like ten different voices in a chord. And somehow it still sounds good by all these different rules you have to follow.
0: But mm. I love that
2: shit. I love, when, <laughs> I love when it's a wall
1: of sound and it's just, like, mm-hmm. crazy. That, there is no other feeling, I will say, than, like, locking into a chord with other... Like, it's awesome. I, I only know that, like, with singing. But yeah, locking into up. a chord with others. Singers, oh, it's so satisfying. Especially in an acapella group. And it's just, oh, man, it's insane. It's beautiful. Oh, it's crazy. Um, But I don't want to, I want to learn more about how, because you got into, you listened to Classic Rock with your parents, and you played a rock band and Guitar Hero, but there's a lot of time in between that and then and when you got like to college. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, like, what happened in, like, middle school and high school?
2: Okay, so I started taking drum lessons, because I, I begged my parents for a drum set, and, of course, like, every mom and dad is probably thinking, oh, shit, what are we getting ourselves into? Um, but luckily why? Because drums are loud? Drums are, or? Drums are loud as fuck. <laughs> you know? Like, are you kidding okay. me? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's a lot, like, and I thank my parents, like, all the time for just, like, putting up with, like, having a drum set in the house because a lot of people, like, will never even pick up the drums because mommy and daddy said no. Yeah. So a lot of people that play guitar... It's usually because mom, like, it's almost like a compromise. Like, my entrepreneurship teacher, like, wanted to play, like, he talked about how he wanted to learn drums when he was a kid. Parents are like, fuck that, that's too loud. So he made a compromise with his parents, and they got him a guitar and an amp, which he could turn down or even plug his headphones into. Yeah.
1: So I mm-hmm. feel like
2: that's why a lot of people don't, like, like play drums as much as they, like, want to, like, learn how to play guitar. Uh,
1: okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And of course, like, piano's the same thing. Like, I was lucky to grow up with a grand piano, like, in my house, but not everybody's as lucky to have that. Okay. So you get drums. It's my privilege right there. So you got yeah. <laughs> so you got that drum set, and you started playing I it did. as a kid. I did. privilege, man. Okay. Um and I got lessons and like my first like like couple of like lessons, I was Now listen to this. This is where like the muscle memory comes back into play. I was blazing through my lessons. Like it was just it was so easy for me and like my drum professor was like at the time was like very very impressed and he was just like a high school student at like the local high school. cuz you know we all got to start somewhere. Um but the reason, like, I was able to pick up the drum so well is because on rock band, you're already, like, learning, yeah. like, the, the muscle coordination to, like, play a drum beat. Because, mm-hmm. like, even though it's, like, it's like orientated a little differently, like, you still have to use your foot um, like and both of your hands. Obviously, you didn't have to use your left foot, so I had to work on using my left foot a little bit, but that mm-hmm. wasn't too hard for me because I was already developing my muscles, like, just playing rock band ah, and grinding. Man. Like, before I even got my drums, like, not to flex, but I was already playing, like, hard and, like, you know, uh, like expert like levels on there and okay. that's and the hard and expert levels are actually really really close to the drum parts and the songs Mm. Wow. Like uh, like like rhythmically speaking, so like I was able to like immediately start learning some of my favorite songs on the drums. Like I remember some of the first songs I was learning was like of course like ACDC, Back in Blacks. I was on one of the rock bands, Detroit Rock City, Kiss. Here we go with Kiss. Mm. Um, and then one song that really really stuck out to me that I actually had to work on was Tom Sawyer, Rush. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know mm. if you ever if you guys ever heard of the band Rush, but yeah. their drummer Neil P- Neil Peart or Pert. I've heard it pronounced so many different I ways. I thought it was Pert. You've heard Peart? I've yeah. I've heard it so many different ways. All right. Um, haven't heard either,
1: so let's go. <laughs> but yeah,
2: like when I started getting into the band Rush, like that's when I like became like really obsessed with the drums and I started learning like all their songs. Because he's amazing. He is. And so because I was learning what he was doing, it like just boosted, like it, just, it accelerated my learning process like so much more because I was able to like handle it, but except teach myself something. Because mm. Neil Peart like, like would not just play like a standard groove that like everybody could play like Back in Black. Like, he was playing, like, very complicated things. He was using rudiments. um, And a lot of stuff that are essential to drumming that I was learning just, like, through these songs. And so it just developed me and accelerated me, like, Mm. as a kid. He was playing – he was using more advanced theory. Yes, Like to the drums. It's like, think about the song Tom Sorry. Like, are you guys familiar with the song? Yeah. I at least I am. I'm not actually. It, it has that like iconic drum solo like in the middle, like
1: okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god, how do you do that with your tongue? <laughs>
2: the <laughs> the drummer irisny... thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like
1: I've uh, I've worked
2: with like like rhythm so much like rhythm at this point is just like a like a part of me mm. but like I've like learned that and practiced that so many times that I can literally just like orientate the rhythm like just speaking it because I have it like memorized by this point mm. So, like, that's what I do. I never start reading, like, sheet music until I got to middle school, but I would sit there and I'd Mm. memorize everything in these songs, and it just really, like, excelled. Like, that's why I'm such a fast learner today, because I was, like, I've been doing this since I was a kid. So Mm. I honestly don't have to sit down and practice songs, like, if they're easy anymore. Mm. Um, And that's really, really nice. um, Because, like, I first joined, like, Connor Shan's other band, Ember Fading. They, like, threw, like, 30 songs, like, at my face, like, have these ready by, like, Monday, bud. So I I just like Constantly like Put the playlist And shuffle and listen And hope for the best Whoa Of course I did know Some of the songs Like already going into it But like I had a lot of songs To learn Mm. That I just like
1: Like I learned Like literally just by ear (laughs) Dang That's what I've always had to rely on my ears Cause like you Like Ted was saying I've always struggled with Sight reading, and I've I wonder if it has anything to do with me also always having to struggle with math. Because like I've never really excelled in math. Like I've always done okay, but geometry I got like a D in and everything like that. I hate to
2: say it, but that could be the case because
1: music. Really, music yeah. is a very like it's it's similar to math. As in like... Well, it is math in
2: a way. Yeah, well, yeah, it it, it is math. But even like the process of playing music, especially like drums, like with rhythm, because like rhythm, Mm. like when you break it down on a theoretical level, is all numbers. Because everything's like divisible by like four or seven, like when you have meters and stuff. So if you're really good at math, like your brain just like is already thinking in like a math mode. Mm. Um, Like I have like... I'm like a little stuck right now. But yes, music is math, but I feel like math people find music like much easier to digest and like music theory. Yeah, it's
0: generally, if you have, an, if you have a, an inclination towards math, you're probably more
1: than likely going to be... It's, music will maybe come easy to you. Yes. But hearing something, I've never had... Like, I just grew up with sisters who liked to play the piano and would sing every now and again. And, you know, I'd listen to music on the radio and stuff. But... Well, because Toad is different, I would say. Because there's people who are tone deaf...
0: You know?
2: Thank God you're not tone. deaf. And notes.
0: you're not tone deaf because you can hold a note and you can hear notes and you can match notes. So I think that's I don't know what I don't know what the science is behind
1: that. Yeah, at is all, there like a trait? But that comes with humans that like as far as like music like how inclined people are to playing music um, I'm not too informed on the topic but
2: I'm convinced that you can train like anyone to at least like sing a note with enough practice mm. yeah. like obviously if they're like an 80-year-old with dementia and they are like they've been tone deaf their entire life like yeah good luck mm. but I have a roommate who I've been like best friends with since freshman year and he thought he was tone deaf but like me and my other roommates who are music majors have been trying to train him you know to mm. like develop his like relative pitch and he's been practicing, like, ukulele. But, like, we've literally sat down and, like, had a piano lesson with him um, and explained it. And he's been able to understand everything also because he's an engineering major. So math is very, very easy. Oh, are talking about Connor? Yes, Connor. <laughs> oh, love that guy to death. Yeah, I love Connor. But, yeah, he's, like, he's definitely gotten a lot better with his tone. Um, and, it, like, his ability to, like, pick out certain, like, musical concepts. Like, he actually blew my mind last night. Um because, like, like, before, like, he would just listen to music, but his, like, his ear for music has definitely expanded, being with, like, you know, like, me and Alex Rushi who are his two, like, music roommates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he showed me a little Uzi Vert song that blew my <laughs> mind last night because he recognized the sample in the song. And I just never thought, like, Connor would be the person to say, like, hey, bro, check out this crazy sample in the songs. I feel like most people, when they listen to rap music, like, they're not going to recognize the sample. Mm-hmm. See, I'm that kind of person, cause I just obsess over music endlessly. <laughs> but it was a sample from like a video game that we've been playing recently. That we've we're in way too deep. It's called Super Monkey Ball. I don't know if you guys I
0: love have ever... Super <laughs>
1: Monkey Ball. It, it, it is the stupidest. <laughs> like, you've named so many things that I've never heard <laughs> of before Dude, today. Super and Monkey Ball is awesome. each time you say something, Ted's like, "Oh yeah, I love that."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Super Monkey Ball is like the stupidest, like best game I've ever played, so and it fun. has really like goofy music. But Little Uzi <laughs> sampled like like one of the like the stages' music. And I was just so impressed that Connor recognized that. But I feel like he wouldn't have recognized that if we hadn't, like, given him, like, proper, like, pitch training. Like, make him sit down with the piano and try to force his voice to sing to a note. Or,
0: or even just, you know, make someone listen to music more. Because then you start to – because, I you mean, I pick up, you, you I pick up you shit all before. the time just because I took guitar lessons for seven years. So anytime I'm out in public – like, if – you know, if you're out in public and something's on in the store and you kind of feel yourself start bobbing, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of popular songs playing. So I probably know what it is. But what I'm, what I'm saying is like, no matter where I am, if there's music playing, I'm like, even just subconsciously kind of like listening to it and hearing the rhythm. and Because I'm a very big like, uh I just, rhythm sticks out to me the most. Melody and stuff is like great, but rhythm is
2: really what I don't know. That's that's why you're a good guitar player. Gets me. Yeah. Thanks, bro. (laughs) Good. Thank you. What was funny? I remember you were talking about um, on the Connor Shan podcast when you were talking about actively listening and like you were talking about bass parts specifically. Uh, Um, I feel like everybody should practice like active listening. Yeah. I feel like it just develops your ear like so much more because you were talking about specifically how you would go and pick out bass lines Mm. from songs and like really like like you never even like would notice them before Um, or you
0: didn't realize that you were. I remember what you said. You didn't realize that you were grooving
2: to the baseline. even know, yeah. that's exactly what you mm-hmm. were grooving to. And then
1: I realized, yeah, yeah. But see,
2: that's all about like active listening. Like, and we really like go in depth of it and like in the jazz school, but basically active listening is where like you go through a song and of course you're gonna listen to it like a billion times, but you try to pick out like an element that you really, really focus on. Yeah. Mm. Um, like for example, like if I'm learning a song, I usually like focus on drums and then like form. So there's two elements I'm listening to at once. By form, I'm like where like the music deviates, where it changes. Yep. If there's like a break. Also, I apologize for the belch while I was speaking. This water is very tasty.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and of course, like what do, like what do the drums do like like to like signify like like the form changing? So like if I have a drum beat like on a verse like, now on the chorus like I know there's going to be a beat change. So the beat changes to the beat change three four. I'm trying to listen and figure out like like how long the phrase is, where it changes and how does it change. Okay. So if I were to go and change from like this beat to like that beat, I would use a fill. So like Yeah. You okay. see what I'm saying? So I, So I still Let's like, go. I phrased my beatboxing <laughs> and about like a group of four, because like this like everything comes back to numbers. I did my phrase four times before I even like thought of a fill to even change it to like a different beat. Hmm. 'Cause like a big thing about drumming is like to make it make sense to like your listeners is really organize it like kind of out of four. Like even if you have like in meter and seven, like you would you will usually do a phrase that's like four like measures of that seven. Mm-hmm. So really you're gonna play like if if we're in seven eighths, which is like eight like eighth notes, so it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 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 one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, one so, like, mm. when, when you're in seven like that, um, like, each phrase is going to come back to the one. And that's why I was clapping on one. So it almost, like, sounded like I was, like, being musical with just counting to seven. You know mm. what I'm saying? Okay. But even though I was, like, counting to seven, I still phrased it as in, like, something of four. Like, I think I did, like, maybe, like, four measures of seven or eight measures I wasn't even counting. Mm. So you did four. Four? See, see, Teddy's Teddy's got me, man. I can get a little bit derailed, but he's keeping me
1: grounded over here.
0: (laughs) That's kind of what happens in Narcan.
1: Yes, (laughs) he always keeps us grounded. So you you've gotten very comfortable with being a drummer, as I can see. Like you you love talking about it. Like I I, I love I love how you get really into it. Like when you're talking about oh yeah, I, I can't shut up about it, man. I, That's, like I all I think it. about. It's great, and I wonder like so. Do you have uh, any idea of where it might be taking you after college? <sighs> college is a <laughs> it's a really interesting experience because a lot
2: of people like come into it either with a direction or they don't come into a direction, or they come into college with a direction and that direction changes over time yeah i came into college thinking i was going to be like a jazz like drummer performer and then go and get my masters and then maybe teach at college someday mm. but i've honestly like like have been changing up my major um so i can like like because I, I realized that like rock music or like any forms of rock music. Like I love jazz, don't get me wrong, but like as a performance major, kind of made me like hate the genre. Really? Yes, Um, because I would just like have to like practice like so much and so, and I'm already like so busy. But like rock music has like always been like my thing. Mm. Um, And so like I figured out like, uh, if I do like an entrepreneurship minor, potentially double major, I can really get into the music business aspect of it and still be a performer. With drums but just figure out how to make myself like even more money so that's the direction I think I'm going in
1: mm-hmm. I want to be
2: a performer but I also want to know the business of music so I can make myself money Cause
1: mm-hmm. that's what a lot
2: of these like music entrepreneurships are like they're literally just like performers that like run side hustles run like studio companies merchandise um, and even even like weird stuff like some bands will come out with like their own forms of alcohol they're not very good cuz I tried one kind of cool though no extremely cool I'll open up a brewery for you. Yeah, be on the lookout for uh, for N- Narcan IPA. Narcan IPA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'd like to take a second to shout out our monthly patrons. Thank you to Aaron Bachman, Marissa Arnone, Mimi Schultz, and Dan Winstrup for their continuous support of the podcast. Everything we do on this show couldn't be possible without listeners like you. Consider joining us on Patreon, where for just a dollar a month, you can support the podcast and help us even more in the conversation about active hope. Thank you so much for listening. Now, back to the episode.
2: I feel like a Narcan IPA would very, very much like confuse people because like they'll just think of Narcan, like you know, the adrenaline shot that goes up your nose, and they're like an IPA. Like I can't tell if this shit's gonna relax me or like Make get me, me jacked up for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's probably gonna be a performer from what I'm here like you that, want it you love performing that's my dream and I've been to your gigs before and <laughs> you go hard you stand up and you tear your freaking shirt off before the set <laughs> begins and you throw it out to the crowd and you're like what? <laughs> and then you guys like just yeah, start yeah. jamming and headbanging like mm-hmm. I know I've been I was at uh redrawn's gig right yes. You're the drummer for redrawn as well mm-hmm. i literally have a redrawn rehearsal after this podcast man oh awesome that's okay i see okay right up um, the road probably right yes right down the road right down the road. <laughs> um i was last redrawn gig that i was at it was the first mosh pit that I've ever witnessed because like concerts aren't, I'm not really a big concert guy, mm-hmm. just like large crowds in general you know, and like loud noises <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like at the gig it was, it was you know, it wasn't too crazy and the first time I found myself in that kind of environment and oh my gosh you had people mo- that's moshing, they were like not fighting, they weren't fighting that's- it's like, it's like it's almost like chaos it's just like chaos honestly like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like no
2: telling what's going to happen, like if someone breaks their
1: neck it was definitely an accident <laughs> <laughs> but, but you loved it. You were head. It seemed like you were gonna break your neck yourself when you were headbanging. Oh, I, it I love it. Like I, I
2: just love like uh, the energy. Like because I'm a very like rock guy, and like rock music has the most energy out of like all kinds of music, mm-hmm. and it's given subgenres. And so it's fun being in the mosh pit. But when you're the drummer and you're controlling the rhythm for the piece,
1: you right. uh, like the Definitely rhythm. Too. Honestly, yeah. like
2: has a control over the audience. Like the audience is going to go much crazier if I play like a crazy fast beat versus like a slow little like chill beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is,
0: I, you know, thinking back to the Narcan gig um, and just thinking about being a guitar player in general. Not that people won't freak out over a guitar, but you're so right where the crowd is going to be reacting to the really to the bass and the drums just because that's that's where the groove is. And so people are always moving to that and I mean I'm moving to that when I'm playing and I mean sometimes you just play chords that go mm-hmm. with that beat, but especially with Narcan where my parts are a little more in the background, a little more like, I
2: mean maybe not in the back, in the background's not the right word, but you know uh, what I'm I saying. I love the way Connor Shan describes like like the orientation of our Narcan sound. It's like bass and drums and then guitar and vocals sit like right on the top. Right on the top, exactly. So it evens everything out. Exactly. Versus like one thing like overpowering the other.
0: Right, and and so and especially in Narcan, Um, at that show, you know, people were not, were not necessarily going hard to what I was doing, even though I have like really groovy guitar parts at at parts, but like it's, it's you, it's the you and Connor Shan. It's not the you and Connor Shan show literally. But what I mean is that's what the crowd is like feeding off of. And it's so cool. But either way, it's like, it's kind of cool to be a guitar player in that environment because you're almost kind of like outside of it. So you sort of get to watch yeah. everybody fucking go hard. And you're just like, I'm over here. And you don't even know
1: that <laughs> that, I'm, that you're here. But your rhythm I, what is what still doing like, very, right
2: very important. Of course. Like I've gone back and watched the videos like so many times to analyze the concert, see what's happened. And you were still playing rhythms that I was locking into and playing rhythms to accompany me. I like haven't that. seen any
0: videos of that performance.
2: I know. I've seen uh, a few. Zachary out there and really needs to send this concert video. Have you, a- have you seen them? Um, I have, like, one video of the song Pull Ahead from the guitarist from Ember Fading that he took. How does that like, sound? Phone. It, honestly, like, when you hook the phone up to, like, like speakers, it sounds amazing because of how good the PA is. Were we on, in, everybody on time and everything? Yes. I did notice, like, a few mistakes on the 5-4 polyrhythmic section. Yeah. Um, uh, One of my music major friends, like, who comes and he, like, will, sh- like point out like the niches like hits because you know he's a music major he yeah. it but like no, most people won't even know but also that's so. such a hard part no anyway. <laughs> it is a hard part and um like we dragged it like just a little bit we got off time we got back in time and then i actually missed a fill which like completely threw you off oh shit um but luckily me and connor shan were still locked in okay, kind it. of though because i noticed like that our mistake was so small that no one noticed it but i did because you know, like we come back into the hit for the tempo chains, you know, like, yeah. uh, we were literally a 16th note off. Like you can hear my cymbal crash, and it's like, oh. and then he plays. Like it's crazy just like how we were only off That's by a 16th note because of my own mistake. There's no. a lot of little things.
0: Well, so so the other thing, I think I said it, I don't know if I said it on- But no, no one's gonna notice that, man. But the, no, no one's gonna notice. But the craziest <laughing> thing about, Music and specifically something that I love about Narcan at least and I'm sure this happens in your other bands and because it happens with pretty much anyone you play music with is There's just this like I mean honestly what I'm saying is is a cliche everybody has said it who plays music There's just this unspoken Communication that happens whether we want it to happen or not. We'll just be playing music together (laughs) We'll just all day long. Yeah, like even if we're just playing in this room, Narcan rehearses in this room most of the time, and you know, it's just so it's just so fucking cool how it, it, whether we want it to happen or not, we're communicating. I'm communicating. I mean, you and Shan communicate in this in this way that me and Devore are like not quite on. But either way, I can't help but be sucked into that because I'm playing music with you guys anyway, mm-hmm. and I'm also kind of uh, influencing what you guys are doing too. It's just so cool. I love that aspect of music the most, which is that once it starts going, that's why I love improv so much. And even though music is structured and has, you know, a plan, either you know, it usually is structured in a way to where there's going to be a specific way you're going to play it, Mm -hmm. even then, it's always going to be its own unique experience when the band is playing it live, because it's fucking just... That's how it happened that night. And I mm-hmm. love that aspect of music mm-hmm. a lot.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I love that you keep like saying the word communicate because it brings us back to our main point. like like Luke, is Lucas I don't even know why I just said that <laughs> a total brain fart moment um, but 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 music music is a language because you keep saying communicate right like we're all communicating yeah. with each other you said that me and Connor Shan are communicating on almost like a different level well think about it like we're music majors we have studied more exactly. of this language we have more vocabulary exactly um mm. that's nothing against you like like you still like like you fit in the pocket and you do no your no, job. no yeah like you sound you sound so good mm. um <coughs> Uh, Something, like, really interesting to, like, just prove that music is, like, a universal language as long as you, like, study music is my professor told me about, like, a gig he went to go play over in France because there's a pretty good jazz scene, like, over in France and like they're just having fun like one night like like drinking um they didn't even speak french like because you know like all these jazz professors are from like louisiana man like like, they don't care um and of course like the the french people or the french musicians didn't speak english like whatsoever so they weren't even like able to communicate with each other but they had a great time because they literally just set up and like played music together and they were able to communicate with each other through music i love that shit yeah that's really was cool. like, was like I didn't even get like any of these guys names we were just playing together man it's mm. so cool
1: you know it's really interesting because it also like communication and tying it back into what you were talking about earlier the whole active listening um it popped up in my head when you said that I didn't want to sidetrack off it but since we're talking about it as a language I have to do the same thing in acting. I have to actively listen whenever I'm in a scene with someone else. And even when I'm doing a monologue, it's and I have to. Exactly. It's like I say something, they say something, I'm listening to what they're saying, and I'm responding to that thing. And even with Shakespeare writing in iambic pentameter, you know, it's like the da 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 That's rhythmic. Yeah. It's very rhythmic language. So it's interesting because I have to incorporate that stuff into my acting career and. It has not, technically it has nothing to do with music, but it's like music as a language has filtered its way into us communicating as humans. It's weird, I never thought about it like that. I don't know if you've ever seen this study. I
0: wish I knew what it was called, and maybe I will uh, like link it in the podcast description because I think this is actually a really cool thing. Um, I kind of want to look it up now, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Basically, this woman did a study. Um, at least I think it was a woman. Did a study who, that music or language itself is musical. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what language it is either. Language I don't know, itself is musical. yeah.
2: And no, no, no. And <laughs> there's a rhythm right you're there. You're right. That was That's sick. exactly <laughs> what she did.
0: She, so you, she took like talking patterns, very even shorter than this, where it would just be like, "I love going to the park." Well, that right there was – and then she would just loop that and be like, I love going to the park. I love going to the park. I love going to the park. <laughs> and so and then yeah. it's so cool because as as an English major and somebody who writes a lot and reads a lot, oh, I've listened to like – every time I listen to people talking, every once in a while that little thing creeps into my head and I'm like, oh, my God. This is such a – listen to all the energy in this. Or I'm sure you've seen that guy on
2: YouTube who puts drum beats behind people oh, talking. Oh yes, yes, like That's the same the, thing. Yeah, the most impressive video he's ever done is he. Okay, so I'll explain what he does first. Wait, so who's
1: this person before you start?
2: Okay, so like I, he's just a cryptic name. YouTuber. Okay. Um, okay. He, he's obviously like some jazz like guy who like performed at jazz school, but he will literally like pull up a scene from like a movie or a television show, like something funny, and he will play drum beats to people talking. Um, like for example, like one of the funniest things he ever did was uh, you guys ever watch It's Always Sunny and Philadelphia Um, so you know the episode where like Charlie like and Mac get like jobs at the mail the mail company oh no I
1: haven't seen that one sorry okay have Uh, you seen School of Rock oh well yeah
0: you know that you know the scene where he's giving the speech about sticking it to the man yeah he did a whole video where he's I want to show you so I kind of just want to play it right now um, we can take it out in post or something
2: I don't know I don't know
1: they'd be able to hear it the I
0: time. mean they might be able to hear it yeah Or I, un- unless
2: uh, unless you guys have both like, are familiar with King of the Hill or hear it. You, you'll be able to hear it I'll turn this down okay, say what okay. you were going to say Okay, so like his other favorite oh, episode, with, uh, yeah, with Boomhauer, because Boom you know how Boomhauer talks, and this goes back to like rhythm and like talking, so everybody in King of the Hill, they talk kind of slow, and they, they all have different timbres. Mm-hmm. Like Hank specifically, he's here. very calm, talks here, like I'm this, the nice talking. rhythm. This is what? the one. Oh, here it is. All right, here's a useful lesson for you. Give
1: up. Just quit. Because in this life, you can't win. Yeah, you can try. Oh.
0: So you see how so he's he hasn't done anything to Jack Black's voice or speech. He's just playing playing the drums over the rhythm of his voice. And it's the same thing that I was talking about where you Uh, listen. uh, That's so cool. It's so cool. (laughs) cool. And it's it's just like or Squid Game is something that's blowing up lately. I don't know if you've watched it. Yes, I did.
2: Did you like it? It Seemed like you didn't. No, no, no. I, I loved it. Um I, I just I do not love like the abundance of memes that come from it. Like like the memes that have come from Squid Game are so like deep fried and surreal at this point you memes. can't even understand them. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> deep fried deep
0: and fried surreal. memes, dude. <laughs> the thing about Squid Game is I, I watched I watched the sub version cuz I like hearing the native tongue of Korea. Oh, I, I, I did too. Good. Good. Yeah. Don't be a heathen who listens to the dubbed
1: version. Uh, when we were listening to that video, it also made me think of how there is comedic timing and how it's like within that, like it really is, when we're talking about, we had an alumni come in, mm-hmm. he graduated from FSU in in like 98, and he was talking about us, talking with us about comedy, and he was like, um, you know, comedic timing and blah, 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 and whatever, it's everything, but there really is, if you miss that one beat, like you, you, you set up the punchline, mm-hmm. and if you wait too long or you say it too quickly they're gonna be scratching their heads man they just yeah it just doesn't hit the same way where if you just hit it right then it's like oh wow that was good you hit it right where you needed to you know what i'm saying yeah i know exactly what you're saying and to backpack what
2: you're saying i feel like um so literally like a a lot of comedy shows even like back in the day this was more popular someone tells a joke and then like what do you hear But up. Right, because and that's usually would make people laugh. I, know. More. I, I I do that like up on stage. If like our vocalist or whoever it's gonna be like actually tells a joke, or if he doesn't do a joke, like he just says something like kind of like rather mundane. Since like our generation <laughs> like humor is so fucked up, I'll still like, like just add it in there like just in case it, it makes so it makes people automatically laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, like the drummer plays the but um immediately after the punchline. Like think about it. If he if like someone tells a joke. And then like the drummer waits like more than maybe like five seconds, and like he plays butt-ump. but um, like, but you know what's, what's the point? You know what's so funny is now in today's day and age that even could be a
0: joke, like the silence between that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then everybody's yeah. just
2: looking at the drummer, and the drummer's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, <something like> that.
0: <laughs> but even what you just did requires some comedic timing. Like you have to jump prop. It's it's yeah. crazy, um, and. Bring up comedic, comedic timing, what I was going to say about Squid Game is, you know, I'm listening to them talk in Korean. Mm-hmm. And every language, even, you know, English has its own rhythm, too. But every language has its own rhythm. You listen to Spanish, Spanish and Chinese and all of – and they're so different, too. You listen Spanish to, like, so fast. Spanish and Italian, and they all ha- – they, they have a very similar uh, cadence. And mm-hmm. then you have a lot of the, the Asian uh, languages – they don't. I'm sure people so over different. there could totally pick out the differences, and of course they sound di- like like they all sound a little different. But it's just interesting to hear the music in language, and we've been talking about um, or with comedic timing too. Even in that show, they would make jokes. But if you weren't watching, it's so cool. If you weren't watching with subtitles and you were just listening to them, you could probably pick up on what kind of was going on Mm -hmm. because of the way that they're talking and the Mm -hmm. cadence of it so cool language Mm -hmm. is very Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. cool so actively listening to music is really just there's so many different ways to listen to language too Mm. not only listen to the way people are talking Mm. but how they're talking
1: Mm. (laughs) whoa (laughs) (laughs) well so, so what have you is there anything that you've learned when studying the drums and music in general that you have taken and also applied to your life Huh, that's a big
2: question. I know, Um, I came out of
1: left field, but it's time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think if I've had any, like, breakthroughs, like, on drums to, like, personal life. Uh, Well, like, obviously, like, figuring out that, like, yes, drums are my passion, I need to pursue it, that's, like, one thing. Uh, But even just, like, like, performing, like, I love, like, just, like, the, like, it's almost like, like, I don't even care if it's drums. Like, as long as I'm performing, like, that's, Mm. I think that's, like, my biggest high. Drums Mm. are just my easiest way to have a virtuosic performance. Because hmm. um, I've like I play you know piano guitar I used to be a like a classical classically trained percussionist back in high school I even went to like fine arts schools which are like honors programs for classical percussion hmm. so like even though I wasn't playing like drums I was playing like stuff like snare drum for orchestras uh, marimba xylophone timpani like all the above hmm. just like having that performance and that's why I really loved improv at first because we got to do like you know a few little performances. Um, I even did voice acting once back in high school and I've always wanted to get back into voice acting. Whoa. You have a
0: good voice for it too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, very unique. Very unique. I love it. But like the other thing about voice acting is I had like a cousin... Um, or my cousin's like husband, who's actually like a really successful voice actor. Um, he used to live in New York, and he got a job working with Hot Wheels. You know, he did the Hot Wheels beat that. He did that? <laughs> yes. For for <laughs> that's a little while. Awesome. I know, crazy. We probably <laughs> yeah. heard his voice then. I know exactly. It's that's just wild. it's crazy. Like like the thing about how big of a flex that is. Like so you can be like, oh yeah, that's my voice.
1: Wow. Um, yeah. But
2: even like the only thing I did, it was just it was very like trivial. Like I um like I used to play in marching band in high school back uh back in the day. And our band would walk out, and, and what we'd walk out to is like a song. Um, and specifically this year is like someone would announce and read off like all the people's names, um, and like try to get the band like hyped. Like we'd announce, you know, like the section captains, who was like leadership in band, the band directors itself. Um, so I would like, I kind of like use the Hot Wheels voice, like. Like, when I was, you know, to really, like, pump up the crowd and, like, pump up the band as well. I was like, hey, Rin High School Band, are you ready? One, (laughs) two, three. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I know. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, like, I've always, like, really wanted to get back into voice acting because, like, I love doing, like, impressions of people. Like, I can do a very good Lucas Wilson impression. Do it. Do it. Well, (laughs) all right, do it. He was on the show. Episode four. Episode four. Episode four. Um, so like his, his actual like English speaking voice is a little harder for me, but I feel like he, okay, now I've gotten back to my main point. So like through drums and active listening, Mm -hmm. um, I've able, I've been able to like really apply it to like different concepts. Like, um, so for example, like when I listen to try to like like hear the timbre of drums to get my drums to sound just like that, Mm -hmm. I use the same thing when trying to do someone's impression. And obviously uh. if drums stand out it's easier for me to do it versus if someone's voice stands out it's easier for me to do it like for example Lucas's like English speaking voice is a lot harder for me to do because it, it just sounds kind of, like, natural. See, like, that's, that's like, terrible. But when he does his, like, all bubbly, like, British voice, he's like, oi, Savvy, what you doing? It's so <laughs> accurate, man. What you got there? And, like, I don't even do a good British accent. Like, I suck. I'll admit it. But, like, like <laughs> Lucas's voice is so unique, especially when he's all giddy shit. Ye. Oh, like, yeah, what makes, you
1: doing? Yeah, what you doing? <laughs> doing yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you have... I think you have the most
0: accurate one I've heard because, like, we, you know, we do it sometimes, but yours sounds... If I close my eyes do it again
2: oh what you doing teddy i it really just uh, to me teddy, it just sounds just like yeah i'm sure you've heard that from time to time oh, i'm yeah. like damn lucas where'd you get himself? all this alcohol he's like oh my god oh. he doesn't he does ask, that he scoff he's he like t- oh, oh, oh teddy got it for me
0: oh. dude he doesn't ask me anymore know, if you're listening I lucas know, our roommate
2: alex just turned
1: 21 on sunday yeah i was the only outlet for a while he's asking me anymore is he there you go. Feels yeah. good. Right? Armor. So that's like the main, that's one of the main things that you've taken. It's like you also, you use what you listen You're to like pair of drums. Yes. You apply it to, but there's anything else? Like, has it helped you with, has it helped in get- communication? Yes. What, what were you going to
0: say to I was going to say, has it helped you, um, get i mean it's a big energy thing like it gets a lot of energy out
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: does that does yeah. that
2: help oh yes well like specifically <laughs> and then we'll talk about with the drums. actual
1: important thing
2: <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i, I guess it's a good thing to talk about like specifically with drums like they're a very energetic instrument and i already love like very energetic music back in high school I used to deal with a little a little bit of anger issue problems um, and of course like I'm from South Carolina so like we rednecks don't really go see therapists this is not what we do we just hold down the pain and never
1: let it out so like obviously I, I was just put all of the pain right here and then one day I'll <laughs> die
2: <laughs> yeah pre- precisely son or just drink yourself to death but, but that's not healthy so like I, and like I was getting so angry and like in high school of all things for like no reason like fuck that shit you're in high school like you got it easy man there's no reason to be angry um look so, at you now
0: you're sitting here with long hair and sunglasses and you look peaceful i'm trying man
2: i but <laughs> I like do. like it's crazy like i tell people all the time like my best therapy is like drums and specifically like aggressive music like i don't know if you guys know this about me but i'm probably like one of the biggest metal heads you know other I than Connor Shan. I hmm. that. Like I'm like I do have a lot of anger still but it's easily like channeled through either listening to or playing like very aggressive music For some reason listening to that stuff like it just gets the aggression out it and al- it almost is like meditative
1: for me Just listening to it so you, do, you don't need to headbang to it. it, you don't need to do anything It wasn't
2: always that way as I developed my active listening I can like almost like imagine myself playing those drum parts And if you guys notice whenever I'm listening to music you might always see my fingers tapping So even just tapping the rhythms Like it just gets that out. And that even Mm -hmm. goes back to like guitar hand, and like guitar hand, guitar hero and like rock band. Cause you're like, even though you're like playing a video game, it's so rhythmic. So just getting those rhythms out of my body, like it's just so like therapeutic for me. And I always have something playing in my head too. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm ever like stressing, I usually got some kind of like death metal like playing in my head. Mm -hmm. And you can tell by if I'm tapping my fingers or not. (laughs) I feel that man.
0: Cause I mean, I'm not a huge metalhead and aggressive hard music, I like listening to it because I think it's, especially knowing you and, and and Shan, it's like I've learned a lot more about how technical it really is and that's super cool to me. It's like Bruce Springsteen. I don't love Bruce Springsteen because I don't really love his voice and I don't love the way he sings, Does but he I respect is? the fuck out of Bruce Springsteen for who he is in the music world and he yeah. writes great lyrics. Exactly. And I feel the exact same way about most I listen to some hard music like I I generally fall into more of the punk realm and there's hardcore punk and some of that I get into but I'm nowhere near, like, death metal or...
2: Well, it's because it's a rabbit hole. Like, I always, like, I right. never listened to, like, like a band called, like, fucking Anal Cunt before because that just scares the shit out of <laughs> me. I, I, I just said that as a joke. No. Yes. no. There is a Whoa. very, like, like, don't look this up. There is a very offensive band that's historic. Um, they go for shock value. It's called Anal Cunt because, of yeah. course, like, I have a religious background. So, like, I, like classic rock was about the heaviest, like, I'd listened to. Um, but then, like, I started with Christian Metalcore, um, which is very it, it's nice it's very light but the more you listen to music like that kind of music the more you crave like a heavier sound you're like because you get like we as humans we get bored of things so easily you're like what's next mm-hmm. like no wonder people shit on Call of Duty every year man you know what I'm saying well it's, it's you know, just and it's with, never changing yeah
0: true and with uh, like you know when I was a kid I grew up listening a lot of kids grew up listening to like Green Day and Blink 82 and they all sound not that you know they all sound similar and they have their differences but that style of music was huge and that's what i listened to for a long time as a little as a kid early 2000s pop punk dude it's great genre um but it, it gets so old and there's a new resurgence of pop punk which i've gotten into like where there was a new resurgence back in like 2015 and stuff but especially with that genre of music i've noticed it sounds the same all the bands do the same thing and they sing the same way, and they play the same guitar parts. And so something that I've noticed in at least my own personal music journey is I, the the more weird – that's why I've, I love Narcan so much too. Because we have like the weirdest – even though we're in that post-punk, post-hardcore yes. realm, we don't even know how to pin us down
2: because we we have the weirdest – mix of stuff I would say mm-hmm. that I've heard and it's so interesting. Well like think about it like we as humans like we get bored all the time we're always looking for something new when you study music it honestly like ruins your taste in music and the only things that are satisfying is like something you haven't heard before. Yep. So like honestly like I don't even listen to like easy like metal like as much anymore because I've just I've heard it all I'm like bored of it I'm like give me something I haven't heard before I'm always trying to find the next like thing that'll like interest me. I feel that dude it's, mm-hmm. I, it's so
0: yeah. crazy yeah, it I don't know, know if you feel, feel that this way. like
2: you can definitely apply this to acting. Like if there's no. a specific kind of movie, like I don't even like oh, yeah. I don't even really like the Marvel movies anymore cuz I just feel like those are like overdone. Like they're still, there's I still there's still great movies. Yeah. It's like a yeah. like a 2-hour like CGI like jerk-off fest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I
2: mean, <laughs> No, what's funny about that though. is like, I'm like <laughs> sick of those movies. No, it's I'm like true. Jesus. Like I want to see something
0: that like rips my heart out. That's true. Yeah. I, I feel, <laughs> and it's like I get into those movies because of the lore. More, I love learning about like characters. That's why I get into it. But I see, I know what
2: you're saying. Like, there's only so many times I can see, watch and that's what keeps it interesting Iron to Man. you, though, because like you're going like deeper and you're diving into it and you're finding new aspects. Right. I, whenever see, I just watch the movies, and that's why I get sick of them.
0: Right. I, I I've been sort of trained to look at like storylines and how people develop. So I love watching Marvel movies because of the people. Oh, yeah. But I get it. But I get oh, what yeah. you're saying. And yeah.
1: and in the like the beginning days of the acting program, I remember uh, one of our teachers. I can't remember who it was, but it was they quoted somebody, and it was like the wonderful dissatisfaction. It was like you can never, as an actor, you never uh, reach that point where you're like, oh yeah, I, I finished this character. It's perfect, the perfect performance. I'm going to do it every single time. There's always something that can be worked on, but I feel oh, yeah. like. And I I don't even think that quote is just applied to actors. I think that quote was applying it to artists. I think the whole point is that artists, it's like the wonderful dissatisfaction. You're never fully satisfied with whatever you're working on. You're always seeking to improve it. And, like, obviously with different projects, you're more satisfied than other projects.
2: Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you might have different characters that you're working on that you feel, like, super confident in or, like, not so confident in. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you've just worked on it, like, so much more than, like, another kid. Like, there's just so many different factors that, like, determine that confidence and, like, Mm -hmm. the the piece that you're working on currently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I say peace because I want that to be general for like all kinds of art cuz I'm Cause sure it is cuz I'm sure like visual arts can like very
1: much fall under the same realm mm-hmm. like paintings, animation, 100%. Yeah, I know. And they're always and it's like I mean shit, I didn't want to it took me I talked myself out of it at first doing this podcast cuz I was like I was trying to make this perfect you know, like let's let's fold this up very nicely and wrap it up with a nice bow on top, and be like the perfect podcast and It's like, well, I'm sorry, sir, but that's not possible. <laughs> you know, it's like you just got to start somewhere and figure it out. You know, and it's luckily since then, I, I'm speaking just to my acting career. It's like I've I've kind of learned to uh, enjoy that more. Like mm-hmm. instead of being dissatisfied and then getting upset afterward, or unsatisfied and being upset afterward, and just just being like. Hey, you know, and I uh, laid it out there kind of did the best that I could for today. And I'm sure as a musician, that's very similar. Like, you kind of go on stage and you have to deal with whatever uh. happened that day. And you just kind of be like, either way, we got to do this.
2: You stuff. have to leave it on stage, but it's always, like, easier said than done, like, mm-hmm. with like, any kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like mostly most of the shows I play, I'm very, like, satisfied with my performance, but I played a performance with Redrawn that no one was too satisfied with. Really? Yeah, I don't know how y'all feel about me exposing certain people. I, I won't. I won't name people. But well, I would say
0: maybe we shouldn't because there's people who probably know the band members.
2: Oh, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm like shit. It's not like I'm going to like shit talk my bandmates. Oh, well, I mean. Because I I, I was one of the shitty bandmates that night. Okay. Uh, I just want to make
0: sure that, no, I didn't think you were going to talk shit, but go ahead. Go ahead. If you feel comfortable doing it. So um, don't don't get me wrong.
2: Muse Tallahassee. I I love them to death. Like I love all those people that work it. They try to make it look super professional. Um, But I honestly feel like they underpay their bands and their artists, which is not okay. They might, they might see it differently. Um, but like, think about it. Like they provide the venue and like everything, but that's a venue. What do people come to see when they go to venues? They come to see the band. Exactly. Mm. So we, we were making our band specifically was making 5% that night of profits. Uh-huh. So I basically got paid um, like $12.50, and that just kind of feels like a punch to the face. Based on the amount of time I work to prepare shows, the amount of time it takes me to set up my entire drums and our PAs and, like, everything. Mm. So, like, honestly, like, it is nice to play free shows sometimes, but only if it leads to, like, some kind of other opportunity. Mm. But, like, honestly, that payment kind of felt like a punch to the face. Mm. Even though, like, we were dissatisfied with the pay and, like, the venue, um, we were still going to try to have a good performance, but we thought it would... uh be a good idea to drink our pay and what we thought we should get paid for the night. So everybody was like way too drunk to like play the show except for Jerry, cause he's like a straight edge. Mm-hmm. But usually I don't like to drink before shows like specifically because like I'm, you're just so, you're prone to so many more mistakes. Yeah, um, Because everybody was too drunk, we just had such an awful show like compared to like shows we normally have. And like, yes, there's a few things I can consider. Like it shows like, oh, I played this fail here bad. Like usually I'm like kind of like satisfied with my performance despite mm. like a few mistakes. But it was genuinely, like, a bad performance. Mm. And it just, it really upset, like, everybody. So that's why we're going to have, like, a very strenuous rehearsal tonight. And we agreed um, on no more. Oh, this just happened. Yes. Like, we played this Muse show, like, I think it was, like, two weeks ago. I apologize. I can't keep up with dates. It's just been, like, a crazy semester for all of us. This ain't coming
1: out till after. This is coming out in 22. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, like I love Andy and like all those guys that run the place. But I honestly thought it was a punch in the face to get paid as little as we did. Because mm. keep in mind, we were like one of the big bands of the night. Um, and we're a four-piece band, and we got and every performer got paid five percent. Even though some of the performers were literally just an acoustic guitar act, it was like one person. So mm. they got a lot more. Yeah, ju- just because it was one person, and it was five percent of profits, and so like like they. And like one of their shows they pulled in like $1300 at like a house venue. Wow. Yes. And then they're still paying bands like 5% of 1300. Mm. That's just a little like, you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, so like so like if they were to make 1300, then like each act of the night would get um that would be $65 per band. And so of course, if a band is like four pieces, you got to split that four ways. So that's something to consider too. So, like, I understand what they were doing with, like, a percentage thing, but, like, honestly, like, you know...
0: What you I mean? have
1: to
2: maybe change it up depending on the size
0: of yes. the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. So, uh, this, this might... This is going to be an interesting segue because of the note that we left on in that past story. Yes. Um, but what brings you hope in the world? Because <laughs> when you... I asked that question because you obviously find a lot of enjoyment playing drums and everything and studying music and doing what you do. And then you have moments like that where it kind of feels like, like a thought. punch in the face where you're yeah. paid $12.50. And then you
2: also played a bad show because you were pissed off about how much you were getting paid.
1: Yeah. So in, in moments like that, what brings
2: you hope in the world? what brings me hope in moments like that is like the next performance because like even though that was like a bad performance you literally like like you can't let that shit just like turn you off like everybody's gonna have a bad show from time to time whether you're sick i was kind of sick that day i shouldn't have been drinking because i was on antibiotics that might have led to me feeling like twice as drunk as i should have been there's many factors that can give you like a bad show like you could be sober as shit and then just like something's like off like no one can describe it but Mm -hmm. you have to leave that stage and keep moving I've learned through, like, this entrepreneurship class, you have to find a direction, and then you keep going in that direction. And obviously, I'm going in a performance direction in, like, a business and trying to, like, build myself as, like, a, like a musician that looks hireable and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So even
2: though, like, that was a bad stage, I have to keep moving on and going mm-hmm. forth. You're still an independent contractor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, like, hope in general, but, like, what brings me hope is, like... Let's admit it. The world is a pretty fucked up place. Mm-hmm. And something that I feel like that is not fucked up in the world is like art. Like it just seems like on like on a different level from everything else that's going on. Like a, mm-hmm. like a nine to five job, politics wars like music just seems to be on like a higher level than that. So mm-hmm. honestly like that idea that art is honestly like on a different level and it's still respected gives me hope and like keeps me doing what I'm doing. That's beautiful. And it's kind of what everybody comes yeah. back to at well, the end of the speaking day. Speaking of hope, I I told you guys I didn't have to pee before beforehand, but we're almost was, done. We're, actually, we're, we're almost done. 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 Okay, just I can make it. it. I can make
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good timing, man. But you know the next question. But uh, so it
0: seems like maybe you can apply that do you do you? Oh no! I was gonna say something else. Never mind. Art, yeah, the art is a hopeful thing. How do you? Um, how do you? What? What the fuck is the question? I'm blanking right now. What do you do? That what do you do? What do you do? I mean, that we kind of spent hope? the
1: whole past hour and twelve minutes talking about how you play music. Well, let me
0: rephrase it then. Like, what is something that you do regularly that kind of makes you uh, happy? you know, I mean, I know drums
2: are in there, but is there some sort of action you take to, to maybe try to make things a little better? Honestly, like as a performer, I try to always think that I'm in like the mode of a performance and obviously when I'm off, I feel like upset, but what I mean by like always being in a performance mode um, is obviously like I'm, I'm very confident, very social, like I've always been able to talk to anybody. If you treat every interaction like it's a performance, you're always trying to impress people. I'm not saying like like I'm a brown nose or like a kiss ass. Like Mm. I just try to make genuinely like any, even if it's just like small talk, I try to just like have it as like a different conversation, treat it as like a performance. So it's higher than the norm. Mm. So I kind of base my whole personality as always being like higher than the norm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And just differentiating myself. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm always like in the mode of like confident, like rock star, then it comes out in my everyday life. Like even if I'm just like whipping, like for example, like the boys back at my uh, my apartment uh, Alex, Rushi, Connor Bishop and Lucas. They love the, they love sandwiches, but specifically they love my sandwiches. So even like when I'm making these sandwiches, I try to act like as I'm like I'm performing for them. Like I look all like cool when I'm up there in the kitchen <laughs> just like whipping that shit together, putting it together. And then of course, like the most important thing about a fin- about like a performance is like a climax, which is like the height of the show. So, at the height of like this show of me like delivering a sandwich. Is the presentation of giving them the sandwich. Like, like I'm all like you know majestic like up on my high horse like <laughs> giving them the sandwich and it just brings them so much joy hell yeah dude that's so much fun yeah, like dude. I try to do that like when I'm talking to anybody like I'm like either like cutting jokes like every five seconds I can't take anything seriously um, <laughs> you just always like want to be in like this performance mode and it keeps you like confident like it keeps you going man you know what I'm saying because mm. if yeah. performing like is my like best high like I told you guys earlier like, like that's like what I love doing the most of course
1: I'm going to make it my only personality trait mm. You. you Dude, I've been we've been talking to you for an hour and fifteen minutes, and I feel more energized. Like after speaking, like you, you, definitely, it's like I, you can't help but soak it in when you're in the same room with you. Like you, you oh, really. Oh, exactly. I, I
2: just always try to be an energetic person. Like I'm a very, very, and, and like when I'm not energetic people can tell, like, they're like, holy fuck, like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with I've never
1: with seen you not, and I'm kind of scared. I don't know what that Sebi would look like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's not a pleasant <laughs> one, but, like,
2: but like, so is, like, my performance last week. Like, I was not feeling it, I had, like, a shitty performance. Mm. And, of course, when I'm feeling shitty, like, I'm not performing at, like, my 100. So even if I'm feeling shitty, like, I have played some gigs where I'm feeling extremely shitty, but I just, like, try to ramp myself up, and I give, like, a great performance. Yeah. Mm. My energy could also be like, this could all be bullshit. Like, you know, that theory where like, yes, like theories are so cool and all, but like at the end of the day, it could be bullshit. Mm-hmm. It could be bullshit. I could just be like highly addicted to like energy drinks and caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I had an energy drink before I came here, man.
1: Well, either way. Speaking of good performance, this was a great podcast and whether or not you were performing, it seemed like I got to know you more. I mean, I, it seems like I got to know you especially more as a musician. How you approach it, how you perform, and where you see yourself going with it, and it was nice. I
0: feel the same way because even though we've played together, I've never really. I was thinking about this before we did this. I was like, I've never really sat down with Savvy, and just been like, "How do you do music?" Because I've talked to Shan about it a lot, and this podcast with him helped too. But I, it was yeah. just, it's so cool. It's to – It's nice to
2: see the differences between me and Shan, I'm and sure. you, and you approach it in like different, very lines. differently, and also yeah.
0: you're you're very. You're just like a music savant. You're, you you a know music. your shit. Chevron. A you know, savant. <laughs> you know your shit, man. You know your shit. And I would tell people like I would like say oh if you want to learn about music talk to like you're someone I would probably point someone to now because no, 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 yeah. you know
1: your stuff yeah and it's Good really teacher.
0: it's
2: very cool to listen to you talk about it too
1: yeah
2: it we'll see like I love like that's one thing I love about like uh like music like I love like performing like the virtuosic stuff that like only like a like a grad student at like FSU can jerk his dick off to or I love playing like pop music for everyone that like even the simplest of people can understand like mm-hmm. both aspects of that like still be, still brings people joy. And I. Mm-hmm. Always love like any any kind of aspect like you can even like think of like video games for like example like I love me some video games man yeah and like that's also performance like in itself because you have to perform a task and sometimes people are watching you you're playing against other people and mm-hmm. it feels good to be on top mm-hmm. but it's all about the performance that gets you to that top
1: <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to stay on top man Good, point, good point. <laughs> so yeah, man. before we sign off where can people find you if anywhere Literally, with a name like Sevi
2: Barano, I just have my name as my name on Instagram, Sevi Barano. I am not the best texter in the world. I'm if you can't tell, I'm a very face-to-face talker. So (laughs) if I'm very bad at responding to you, I apologize about that. But I love just talking to people in person so much more. Yeah. Um, I also have a Facebook, also just Sevi Barano. What about your music? Where can they find all that? Oh, yeah. oh, duh! <laughs> um, so obviously, I'm in Redrawn, which is uh, like a pop punk, like comedy band that can be found on like Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as some other like niche ones. I don't know. I didn't really handle the district kid process, but we're also on Instagram at Redrawn, just the name. It is spelled R-E-D-R-W-N because you know it's cool to misspell things in punk rock. Yeah. Um, me and Teddy's band Narcan. We can also be found on Apple Music, Spotify. As well as YouTube so and some other YouTube. niche things, because neither of us handled the DistroKid situation. I looked up our YouTube just to make sure we were on there. We are on there. We are on there. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Distributed by DistroKid. And of course, on Instagram, we are at Narcan USA.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on today, my friend. I appreciate it. Of course. Oh, no, well, wait. Was a you you got to promote Ember Fading too. You said oh, The other yes. two. Just oh, do that one. There's real a right. Thir- That's right. You're in three bands. There is a third band
2: potentially four i'm like trying to find some other opportunities at the moment man oh my gosh i'll I'll always get them opportunities but yeah. ember fading does not have anything on like streaming services yet um because we're primarily like a cover band so like what's the point um (laughs) but we do have social media like facebook is probably where we get most of our interactions Mm. um and that's just at ember fading band and we're also called at ember fading band on Instagram as well, but if you message our Instagram or our Facebook, you can buy some of our merch, which is just like T-shirts and stickers. Oh hell shit. yeah, dude! But the, the stickers are cool. So like it's cool. not just it's not just like a band logo. It's like our band logo on like a skull with a mohawk. I don't know. But well, we're gonna get stickers ourselves.
0: Yep. some yeah. Only constant stickers. Yeah. Sevy. People love them. Some stickers, man. Sevy, you're the bomb. Thank you, man. This was great. But um psh. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the only constant. We hope today's episode made you feel
1: a little more hopeful or change your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at OnlyConstantPodcast or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show
0: helps us immensely, and we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all your support, and we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.